What is up, everybody? This is Sports on the Brain, and I am your humble host, Mondo. And this is the place for you to get your New York sports straight up and honest from a diehard fan just like you. And we are talking New York Knicks basketball. Huge win at the Garden over the Celtics. Double overtime last night. Yeah, baby. And unfortunately, we've got to talk about the New York football giants and the mess that is going on in the swamps. We've got a trading deadline coming up and what is going to happen with the general manager. We're going to talk about that, but lots of Knicks and some Giants, yes. But anyway, strap in and let us get it on. Subscribe, follow, do that thing that you gotta do to follow us, me, you and me together every week. Yeah, hit that button. You know, originally I was going to start off with the Giants, but I was like, why start off with the bad news first? Let's get to the good stuff. And hopefully you guys feel so good, you'll stick around for the Giants. So stick around. It's going to be good. Trust me. But to the good stuff. Now, it's just one game. And there are 81 more in the regular season to go. But if the rest of the season is anything remotely like last night's season, season opening win, for the New York Knickerbockers over the Boston Celtics in double overtime, uh, man, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough to last because last night's game did not disappoint. It was not for the faint of heart. And uh, like I had talked about in the uh, season preview episode for the Knicks, I am super excited about this team and what they're going to do this year, the potential that this, what this team can do this year. And uh, in fact, I'm recording Thursday morning because I knew I just wanted to be able to, if there was something good to talk about the Knicks, I wanted to get it in for today. So, um, so, so that's what I'm doing. And I was up late last night and uh, it was just an amazing game. I mean, the garden was rocking. So, um, for, for everyone out there that's like me, that's a Giants fan or a Jets fan, and you're just miserable, hopefully you're a Knicks fan too. Because if you are, this season really has the potential to be something special. It really, really does. And uh, so I am, you know, I'm tired. And uh, just from, and, but those dudes, I mean, it, it was like a heavyweight match at, at the end, going into double overtime. So you guys know the score already. You know, the Knicks win 138 to 134, two overtimes. Um, you know, they were down in the first half, and they made a nice second-half run, lots of storylines. Um, you know, the return of uh, Kemba Walker back home, uh, new signing Evan Fournier, uh, his first game in the Garden. Uh you know, the guys that have been there last year and, of course, Randall and RJ and Obi, Mitchell Robinson getting the start. I mean, so many different storylines going on. But the whole point, the whole the most important thing is the Knicks won. And not only did they win, they, they beat a team that they are going to be directly vying for playoff position this year. Because the Celtics are a pretty good team. Most people have picked the Celtics to finish higher than the Knicks in the division this year. And it was uh it was it was it was a back and forth game, especially in that fourth quarter. The you know, the 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 Knicks gave up the gave up that lead, and Boston was just hitting crazy, crazy shots. And they hit those two ridiculous threes at the end of the game to send it into the first overtime, and then we go into the 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 second overtime, and then we finally we pull it out. And of course, I mean, you know, you, Randall was the man. I mean, he finished with 35 points and almost a triple double. He had nine assists and eight boards. You know, he was the man. 
And but it was really, really a great team win. And although it's 138 points. I think some really good defense was, was was played as well. Now, once again, it's double overtime. So, you know, you're, you're expecting more points. And, you know, before we get into the the Knicks and how well they played as a team and what they had to overcome, I mean, they had to overcome a 46-point game from Jalen Brown, you know. And that was, I mean, that was, that was, that was huge, huge. Now, Jason Tatum... You know, was I mean, if you have to hold somebody, he was held to, you know, twenty points. You know, but they had a they had a lot of they had a lot of guys that were, you know, uh, that had to be accounted for, and, and and the Knicks were able to do that. And you know, R.J. Barrett finished with nineteen points, no points in the first half, and he 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 you know he came on in the second half, and he was he got himself started with some dunks, and but. He also played tremendous defense on Jason Tatum. I I, I I don't know off the top of my head what Jason Tatum's uh, shooting percentage was um, last night, but he was it was pretty bad. RJ played tremendous defense, and I thought that that was so key. But Evan Fournier, first game in the Garden, not really a very good or preseason. People were like, oh well, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, what is he going to do? Well. If, if once again, if the rest of the season is anything like last night, um, it is going to be a heck of a lot of fun because he he put up 32 points, but he was crushing it with threes. I mean, he was he was hitting some key shots along the way, and uh, you know they talk about well, you know, there's going to be a fall off in the defense. You know, uh, you know, Alfred Payton and Bullock, you know, they're they're going to really really they're going to miss defensively. And yes, yeah, is Fournier. A player like you know, can, is he a defender like those guys? No, not really. But his but his offensive game and what he brings to the floor is supersedes anything that those guys were able to do. It just just wasn't in their in their game. I mean, Evan Fournier was was killing it from from three point range, but he was also taking it to the basket. A lot of up and unders. He spreads the floor out, and uh, I mean, he was I mean, he was key. I mean, he. I mean, he was he was key in this in this game, and uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, his first game back after one preseason game, he gets seventeen boards, you know, eleven points, a double double, you know, and um, you know Kemba came back. I mean, it wasn't a a flashy game. He had he had he had ten points, but he had eight rebounds. You know, it was great to see Kemba on the floor. Obi Toppin, who is clearly in the rotation this year, looks like a. Uh, I wouldn't say a different player than last year, but yeah, kind of different. I mean, he's definitely take this. He's taken a step up. Such a more confident-looking player. I mean, he was fast in the floor. He was taking it to the hole. He was high flying. He brought so much energy that um, you know, it was it was a beautiful thing to say to see. It was it was really really a team win. And then so you know, once again, without bogging you down with all the stats and we'll and you know we'll do stats on the show and stuff but just from a fan's perspective once again because that's what this show is about you know this is this is this is your show and my show it's it we're fans we love our teams you know ride or die you know and and, and with the knicks you know outside of a couple mellow years the, for the past 20 years it's been miserable it's been miserable and last year was like a like a surprise, a surprise present that you're like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting this. All right, I like it. But now this year is not a surprise. People know what a Tom Thibodeau team is going to look like. They know who Julius Randall is and we and some other pieces here. But how is it going to come together? How is it going to gel? How are we going to look this year now that we're not going to surprise anybody? How are the new pieces going to fit in? You know, what are we going to be like defensively and offensively? And you know, there's a long way to go, and like like any other long season, there's going to be some highs and some lows. But just from a fan, if you're a Knicks fan, if you're a real diehard Knicks fan, you know whether it's just been for a couple of years or it's been for a few decades, you have got to really love this team and what it can be. Because I think there's something <clears throat> that everybody wants to win. 
Of course. I mean, it's sports, you know, you want to win. No one wants to be the crappy team, you know, but I, I think that, and I'm not saying New York teams, New York fans are the only ones that are like this, but I think it is a stereotype that I embrace as far as being a New Yorker and a New York Knicks fan, a New York sports fan, but in this case, the Knicks is we want a team that's going to play hard. We want a team that's not going to quit. Yeah, we want you to be good, but we want you to bust your tail. Show us that you love the game. You know, show us that you're not going to quit because you know what? We're not going to quit on you. And I could say that about Knicks fans. I'm not talking about all of them. I'm not necessarily talking about Celebrity Row. And I'm not saying that, you know, Celebrity Row isn't full of legit fans. But New York Knicks fans have stuck with this team for so long you know, and have either shown up or been like you and me and you still wear your Knicks gear, you know, and you'll still watch the games and sometimes you want to throw something at the TV or it's just like, gosh, darn it, when are we going to be good? So-and-so is good. So-and-so is good. Dagnabbit, even the the Brooklyn Nets are good now. When is it going to be our time again? Well, I think our time is now and it's the beginning of it. You know, I there is something really, really special kind of going on here with this team. And, I, you know, you look at the roster. I mean, if anything, I mean, you're going to have to find time for some guys, you know, to get some play, depending on how it is. But that's the beautiful thing about this team. It's a team. You know, R.J. Barrett, perfect example. I mean, he, was, he wasn't really in the, involved in the offense in the first half of the game. He was scoreless. That didn't stop him from playing defense. And then when his opportunity came in the second half, he was instrumental in getting the Knicks back into the game and and taking the lead. Instrumental. Just the way that this kid plays. This kid is going to take it to the next level. I feel it in my bones. you know. But along with him, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, I mean, the new guys, Fournier and Walker, um, you know, Obi Toppin, Derrick Rose didn't have a – his his numbers didn't, like, light up the stat sheet. I mean, he had nine points – Four boards, five assists, you know, a couple steals, had a block, you know. But, I mean, just his presence on the court, you know. Um, and then we've got guys that really didn't even get much, you know, run last night. You know, Emmanuel Quickly, you know, Alex Burks, you know, not, not no big numbers. And even that, even the kid Jericho Sims had, you know, come in since we, you know, Noel is still out. But... I think we are going to have an opportunity to do some good stuff. And it's a team that you can root for. It's a team that you can get behind. You know, it, it, it's a team that, and maybe it's a team that looks like they love playing with one another. They love playing in the garden. The garden was electric. I mean, just watching it on, t- I, can, I, I can only imagine because I've been there before when the garden's been rocking, but just watching it on TV and watching how the fans were so into it. I mean, the garden was just off the chain last night and, you know, players commented about it after the game, you know, to, to be in that situation and, you know, the, 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 the fans can will players to play better. It's just a fact. It, it just is players say it all the time. And sometimes, you know, they're just saying it to say it. But, you know, we could have something really, really special in the garden this year and on the road. You know, I, I this is a team to root for. Like I said, we've got some really good players. We've got some young players. And they play New York basketball. They play, I mean, I think we are rugged, you know, but now we've got some finesse and some scoring with Fournier. You know, we've got guys that are from New York City. I mean, come on, Kemba's from the Bronx. You know, you know, OB and Taj are from Brooklyn. You know, and, you know, when you have a player like Julius Randle, who after a year that he had last year, and granted, you know, his contract is, I mean, he's rich. But all these guys are rich. For him to take less money, leave money on the table potentially, so he could stay in New York City, 
give the Knicks as an organization flexibility to go out and get players and says that he wants to be here. He loves being a Nick. He loves the fans. I mean, I love that. A lot of players say it, you know, and, they, and, and it's just it's just talk. You, know, you just don't get that feeling from Julius Randle. I feel that this cat is legit. He's honest. He's exactly, exactly the type of player that we have been dying for for years. You know, he's just that, and and this roster has a few more of those guys. These are these. I mean, R.J. Barrett. Yes, he is. He's a Nick. You know, I mean, Kemba Walker, hometown kid. Obi, hometown. Derek Rose, yeah, longtime Chicago Bull, but he came back, you know, and he's a Nick. You know, I love these guys. And wait till we see what happens with IQ and, you know, and, and when guys get healed up and, you know, we didn't, we didn't even see like these, the rookies, you know, McBride and Sims and Grimes. I mean, these guys are going to have an opportunity to contribute, I'm sure, at some point. But New York Nick fans, we got a team. We got a team to root for. Um, so wear your gear with pride. You should always wear your gear with pride. But there is not anyone that's going to come up to you this year and tell you that the Knicks suck. And they could have said that for years before, unfortunately. And you're like, yeah, whatever. But it's not happening this year. You know, you got to stay healthy. But we have got... We've got a good team, and not just a good team, a good team that we can reinvest our emotions into again. You know, that we could really, really mean, I like that dude. I root for him. I root for them. And I'm telling you, they know that. They feel it. And we can really be part of something special, you know. And I just, I just, I, I love what I saw last night. It's going to be a long season. We're going to be talking. A lot of Knicks, especially with the New York football situation <laughs> that we're in right now. We are going to be going heavy on the New York Knickerbockers. So, guys, I already talked you up. So, if any of you Knicks are listening, please get in contact me. Tweet me. But we are rooting for you. We are rooting hard for you. And uh, I love it, man. Go New York, go New York, go, go New York, go New York, go. I can actually really say it with, with genuine feeling now. I just want to thank the Knicks for giving me something to talk about and something for us, something good to enjoy. But now, off to the not-so-fun-tasting part of the program but stick around you're a giants fan like me this is something we need to do and we can get through it together the giants yes our new york football giants what is there to say it just seems like wasn't it just like yesterday that we were all excited about the new season and kind of proving everybody wrong and we've got an upgraded defense our secondary our secondary is better saquon's back and uh kenny galladay and you know we got some new weapons and Kadarius tony and um you know things are going to be looking good we were going to take that next step you know the line was going to be a year better and uh how quickly how darn quickly it turns because it's, uh, you know, if you're a diehard Giants fan, like I am, and I know there are a bunch of you out there that are listening right now, um, it's pretty, pretty miserable. I mean, it's pretty darn bad. I mean, after six games, I mean, we're sitting at one and six. I mean, last place, of course. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Outside of the Detroit Lions, um, who are winless, I mean, we're hanging with the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, we all got one win. And, of course, um, you know, we're already four games out of the lead. You know, the you know who's 
Cowboys are in first. Um, Washington and, and Philadelphia don't look like they're going to be doing much this season either. But and that's none of our concern. Our concern are the Giants. And, man, I mean, it's a mess. I mean, it's a real, real mess. Let's just go through just a couple quick things. I'm not going to throw all the stats out at you because you can just kind of look it up and we all kind of know what the, the stats are and the records and uh, who's doing what. But just from a fan's perspective, I mean, for somebody who loves the team and who's, uh, you know, at this point right now, you know, you're kind of fed up. At least I am. And I rarely, I, I find myself rarely getting to that point because between being a Knicks fan and a Mets fan, I'm used I'm used to not being good. I'm used to going through long, dry periods of stinking up the joint, you know. But um, I mean, at at this point right now, it's just it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, we, I'll, you know, what? I'll tell you how I feel right after this. But let's just go down a couple quick things, like the quarterback. I mean, Daniel Jones is. I mean, he's he's concussed. He probably shouldn't have played last week. I mean, I can't be upset that he that he played. I mean, I mean, he's he's our leader. He's our quarterback, and you want us to give us the best chance to try to win. And but he certainly didn't look like the 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 Daniel Jones we saw through the first couple games. You know, he wasn't particularly mobile. Um, you know, he wasn't particularly accurate, and. You know, we I, I don't even know how many deep balls we threw, but we didn't throw any. But I guess that could be expected since we don't have anyone to throw the ball to. You know, Kadarius Tony, who is our um our one and only weapon superstar, really, let's let's face it, offensively, um re injured his ankle right in the beginning. He got off to a pretty good start, but he re injured his ankle right in the beginning, and uh that's it. I mean, Daniel Jones has no one to throw the ball to and the offensive line gosh darn it what a mess i mean it is a mess um no protection um once again injuries galore andrew thomas who seemed like he was kind of starting to turn it around just uh he re-injures his ankle and he's out and we're sliding guys up and down the line into positions they are not comfortable playing or don't have enough experience playing and I don't know about you guys. Once again, I'm an ADHD guy. There's some 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 information is seared into my brain, and then other things like players' names, names, and death depth charts, depth charts are a little bit more difficult for me to kind of just kind of you know get off the tip of my tongue. But I looked at our, our offensive line last week. And I'm like, who are these guys? Now. I don't necessarily blame the players. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that the players, I don't know, but you'd like to think that the players are playing as hard as they can. Uh, but I mean, we're so shorthanded and you know what? Yeah, it's injuries. Injuries are part of the NFL. No one is feeling bad for us right now. And um, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't feel bad for somebody else. I mean, that's just the way that it, that it is. But we are so destroyed by injuries on the offensive side of the ball. No Saquon, you know, essentially no offensive line. I think three out of our starting five offensive linemen out, gone. Uh, all of our wide receivers essentially right now, except for Sterling Shepard, are out. Evan Ingram is still Evan Ingram. He hasn't taken the step up to be the weapon. I mean, and if anything, this is a prime time for him to be the man, the weapon, because DJ has no one to throw to. He has nobody to throw to, and the offensive line is not giving him any protection. So your best friend as a quarterback, I've always thought, especially in a situation like that, is your tight end. And I don't think there's any doubt in Evan Ingram's athletic ability, but he's, uh, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know what the deal is. I have no idea what the deal is. I mean, he he just doesn't make the big play. He doesn't make the big catch. And um and I'm pretty sure he's playing for a new contract. So, uh, you know, that's I, I don't know what's going on. I, I have I have no idea, you know. So, you know, bringing it back to the quarterback, you know, a lot of people. I mean, Joe Judge said last week, you know, after the game, we were, you know, we got our we got our tails handed to us by the Rams last week. 
And Daniel Jones is still in there at the end of the game in the fourth quarter when I was I was I was tweeting. I was trying to tweet during the game. And I was like, why don't we pull him? Why is he still playing? The game is out of hand and he's still recovering from uh, a concussion. And, you know, Joe Judge made the, made the statement. Well, you know, he challenged people at halftime. He wanted to see the guys that are going to fight, who are going to finish the game, who are going to play through it. And then, you know, some of the, the the commentators were like, well, you know, all the lot with so many injuries, you know, they need as much time together to kind of get on the same page. And I understand both of those, both of those points of view. But one quarterback, once again, coming off a concussion. Now, DJ said that it wasn't as bad as it was. Maybe it wasn't. But if he's your quarterback, if he's going to be your franchise quarterback, and as of right now, it looks like that he will be. Why would you leave him out there to possibly sustain another concussion? You know, it's not like he's just another one of your players. Listen, let's face it. He's the quarterback. So um, you've got to protect him. I don't think there's anybody in the locker room that doubts Daniel Jones's toughness and guts. So I... Uh, you know, I, I, I just I, I don't understand the reasoning behind Daniel Jones not being pulled. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's just I like Joe Judge. I do. I mean, I like his style. I like what he's trying to do. But, uh, you know, you're one in five. After a while, you know, there's this hard line message start to fall on deaf ears i don't want him to lose the locker room it didn't seem like he lo lost the locker room last year so i uh i think that you know there's some questions there as far as what you're going to be doing with this coaching staff going forward but with but once again <clears throat> and it, there's really no way around it with all the injuries it's it's virtually impossible to to score <laughs> and in this league, if you cannot score, I'm talking about you You need to score 24, 28 points a game to be in a position to win in today's league, you know, and I mean, we can't scrape up anything. Our defense is just not what we were kind of hoping it was going to be. So once again, I can't blame these guys for getting hurt, you know, it, 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 whether it's a fluke or not, you know, these guys just um they're not on the field and, and you know like like uh I, I think i'll probably say it every week like the great herm edwards said the best ability is availability and we have nobody available so how do you win you can't so you know what right now because i know a lot of other people talk about it you're talking about they it's on talk radio here in in in, in the new york area and you know so let's take the players and the team and just put that to the side right now because um it is what it is you know we're undermanned and uh there are just guys that are not going to be here next year so you're like you know you get to the point again where are you going to blow it up i mean are we going to do the rebuild again and i don't know if we ever did the rebuild um but something's got to happen so ultimately that falls on somebody else that's going to be the general manager. Ownership, whoever's running the, running the team, whoever's signing the checks, but the person that's supposed to be making the decisions as to personnel and what we're going to do and how we're going to go forward is the general manager. And that man's name is Dave Gettleman. Okay, I have a subliminal message for you guys. Subscribe. Follow, hit the button. Let's do this together. I'm not really sure if that was subliminal, but you know, I'm not even real sure what subliminal means. I saw it on SNL one time. Hog mollies. That's what Dave Gettleman said. That's what he called the offensive lineman. Hog mollies. And I like it. When Dave Gettleman came on board, he essentially told everybody, all the Giants fans, that he was going to rebuild the offensive line into a bunch of hog mollies. Said something like that. And that equating 
to me, and I'm, I think the majority of people that listened to the same press conference and 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 I believed it. I was happy to hear it. This is what I wanted. We were going to assemble a big, dominating, physical, grinding, wear you down, beat your tail into the dirt offensive line. If we were going to have anything, we were going to have a line that was going to protect whoever the quarterback was going to be, was going to be able to, at the very least, just open up holes for whoever the running back is going to be, and then just gradually wear that defense down until they just basically were going to quit. That's what I took as hog mollies. And I think that when you look around the league and in the history and you think about dominating offensive lines, that's what they did. They were big. They were tough. They were strong. They were physical. And they were mean. That's what you want from an offensive line. Now, that's what he promised. That was his priority. Jeez, it seems like a million years ago now. I don't know, four or five years ago, six years ago, however long Dave Gettleman's been back. And I was a supporter of Dave Gettleman. I mean, I've been I've I've been a supporter of Dave Gettleman. I mean, I I mean at this point right now, it's <laughs> uh I guess I really didn't know what I was talking about. Or, you know, like I guess a lot of other people, you know, you're blind. You are blinded by your love of the team and just your desire for them to succeed. You know, and somebody who's in my age group who grew up on the, you know, the the 86 Giants, you know, and the 90 Giants, those Super Bowl teams, you know, and back in the 80s and then in the 90s, you had these offensive lines that were just mauling people mauling people and and we got we we got a couple of couple of super bowls for that and then in the the 2000s our last two super bowls same thing you had offensive linemen that were going to punish you and we had a running game that was going to punish you you know but it was that offensive line that set the tone for the offense and we don't have that so you know, once again, I'm not going to go back and start blaming the players. Dave Gettleman is the one who assembled this team. He promised that he was going to get us an offensive line, and he has failed at that. This weekend was the first time I think I can ever, ever remember being so completely down and, and pretty much disgusted with the state of the Giants. I love the Giants. I love the Giants. As much as anyone out there that loves the Giants, I love the Giants. And I will never, ever quit on my team. And I'm not going to quit on my team this year. But the state that they're in right now is, there's a lot of blame to go around. There is a lot of blame to go around. But it starts at the top. It always does. Now, you know what? Coaches get fired, and who knows if, if, if this coaching staff is going to survive. If, if it does survive, will it remain intact? <clears throat> I don't know. But at this point right now, from what we've seen, the GM has failed at his job. And every single year when the season was over, they were like, well, would you bring Dave Gettleman back? Well, yeah, you know. You know, he, he drafted a all-pro future Hall of Fame running back um that doesn't look like that's going to happen right now you know he drafted a franchise quarterback maybe he did but that is also not a guarantee you know and he's found little gems here and there he traded down last year for the first time in his career and we got Kadarius Tony okay looks like that might be a hit but they're also injured and we have no depth no preparation to fill in these holes, you know, I know there's a, a slew of injuries and you, you can't prevent them all, but you've got to construct a team and a roster and have like a practice squad or whatever of viable players that can come in and fill the needs that you have. But I'm going to take it back again because I'm going to hammer this one because this is the one that really, really <sighs> is, is probably the most aggravating thing is the failure to address the deficiencies of the offensive line and then 
if there's a chance that there was some catastrophic run of injuries, which it seems like there has been, that you don't have other players in the system or you don't have availability or make something happen to get guys. Now, he's had years to do it, and he has not fixed the line. He has not fixed the line. You know, when you're running out Nate Solder to start now, who sat out last year, and I don't know what the heck, heck has happened to, to Hernandez. I thought he was going to be our starting guard for 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 a decade, and then he loses his, his job. You know, you use the number four pick on Andrew Thomas, and based upon last year's playing, last season's playing, he's probably the worst out of the five, say, best, highest-drafted offensive linemen. That being said, he started playing better, but now he's injured, you know? So offensive line is just a complete and utter disaster. And you did draft Saquon Barkley, who I did, I do love, and I like him. But everybody out there that you listen to on talk radio and and other people and fans like you and me, I, I was happy to get Saquon. I loved what I saw. But now I understand, and I could really, 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 really see why you do not spend the number two pick on a running back for exactly what's happening right now. And it's just, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, you, you I, I don't blame Dave Gettleman on completely missing on all these players because you know what like players like Lamar Jackson a lot of teams passed on Lamar Jackson you know or Nick Chubb who I loved coming out of Georgia you know but uh but I think the two most fireable offenses and I don't want to see anybody lose their job it, it, it stinks but it's the nature of the beast it's the nature of the sport um you know, what have you done for me lately? And you either produce or you're out. It is. I mean, the NFC, the, the beauty of the NFL is that it is so brutally honest. If you cannot perform your job, you will not be around for very long. The NFL, not for long. So Dave Gettleman has completely blown it with the offensive line. And I don't know how you fix it. I mean, I'm, I'm and, and Saquon Barkley right now looks like it's a mistake. I mean, he's hurt all of the time now, and you have to start thinking. Some players are injury-prone. Some players just are not able to stay healthy, and if Saquon Barkley is one of those players, then that number two pick is a complete whiff. And you know what? If we had an offensive line that was what he was going to call it a bunch of hog mollies, then you know what? Maybe Daniel Jones is not taking these beatings. Maybe Saquon Bar Barkley is, is is a much more effective back. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that he doesn't sprain his ankle or tear, tear his knee up, you know, or that Daniel Jones doesn't get a concussion. I'm not saying that. But if we had an offensive line intact, a dominating one that he promised us years ago, you're able to kind of push through these periods of injuries because you're putting other running backs back there that can – Maybe not do be an all pro back, but can do a good job because the offensive line is creating holes, and that offensive line is protecting the quarterback, so that if he is coming off a concussion, he could still operate back there, back there without thinking that he's going to get crushed, like Daniel Jones did last week. I mean, I, the first play of the game offensively, he took a sack. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I, it, you know, you just don't know what's going on with this team. I'm venting, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. So something to think about, and just the, the question you have to ask yourself that I'm, I'm asking you guys, I'm asking myself, do you blow it up? I mean, do you just blow it up? Do you look at the roster and say, who is an absolute, look at the roster and you tell me, I'm going to pause for a second and let you think about it. Look at that roster and see who is completely untouchable who would you not trade no matter what i'm not trading them. i'm keeping them think about it for a second i'm doing twitter now i was on twitter all during the giants game on sunday and it was painful but i'm doing the twitter thing i'm trying to figure it out so go find me out there on the twitter verse sports on the brain and i'm also doing ig 
That means Instagram. So check that out too. The NFL trading deadline is coming up November 2nd. And you never want to be a seller. Because if you're selling or you think about selling, it usually means you don't think that you have any chance to win or do anything this year. Unfortunately, I don't often feel this way. And if I do, I probably don't recognize it or verbalize it. But the Giants are clearly in a position to sell. And I don't know if it's like they're just, you know, I don't think that they're a, well, you know, let's unload one contract or two because we can fix this stuff in the offseason and, you know, next year we'll be ready to, to rock and roll again. I'd like to think that, and that happens in the NFL. I mean, teams' fortunes change dramatically. And I'm not saying that it won't for us because I think that it can. But the question is, is Dave Gettleman the person to do it? If you're going to blow this thing up and we got to rebuild and you're going to sell the farm, you know, if you're, if you're going to be trading off pieces and just know that next year we're starting again, hopefully we'll be in a position that will be competitive, but we're going to try this again. Uh, no one wants to hear that. I don't want to hear that. But you know at the at the same at the same time too um i mean look around the league i mean right now unfortunately the team that's leading the division in the NFC East they look like a legitimate team you know i'm hoping that they they're one and done if they go to the playoffs but you know they look like a legitimate team and then there are other teams in just the NFC alone that you know do you think that you're in a position to to beat the rams or the cardinals no. Do you think that you're in a position to beat the Buccaneers right now? No. The Packers, no. I mean, the majority of the teams in the in the in the NFC, you know, we're not we're not competitive with. That's why we're one in five. So let's just go this. This is what I feel. Let's just blow it up. Just blow the whole darn thing up. And so if you're gonna do that then you know what? You've got to move some pieces and see what you can get. And I'm not talking about waiting until the trade, until the draft or after the season's over. We have some players on this team that I'm sure other teams would love to have, you know, that our entire squad, but a couple players or a couple players that at least we can get something for, you know? And, you know, so let's look at the, uh, I mean, let's look at the, the team. So you guys, you guys got your roster, your depth chart in front of you, or you just kind of have an idea of who you want to who you want to keep. So let's just start on the offensive side of the ball real quick. Since without an offense, there's no way we're going to win any games. But I mean, let's start at the quarterback position. Are you going to trade Daniel Jones? I'm not trading Daniel Jones. This is what I would do if I was GM. Because let's, I'm going to put on my GM hat just for right now. You know, if a quarterback, I'm going to keep Daniel Jones. Does that mean that I don't look to get, you know, if, if a quarterback is available, who's available in the draft and what our position is? Yeah, absolutely. I would consider it, you know. But as far as the trading deadline, I'm talking about coming up here November 2nd, not the offseason. Who am I moving on November by November 2nd? I'm going to keep Daniel Jones. I mean, tight end, um, if I can move Evan Ingram, I'll move him. You know, I, I will trade Evan Ingram. You know, um, you know, or who? No one's going to want any of our offensive linemen. I mean, Kenny Galladay just signed a giant contract. You know, but I could tell you this right now: if I could trade Kenny Galladay, I would. I trade him. I I I'd trade him just to get rid of his contract and try to get a draft pick back. You know, I'll live with Shepard as the old veteran now, and Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony, and then we'll see who we get back. I mean, unfortunately, Board broke his arm. But I would, I, I would, I would offer up Kenny Galladay as well. You know, the 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 big name on offense. What do you do with Saquon Barkley? I hope Saquon is healthy. He needs to be able to play just for for his own sake. He's playing for a contract too. Now, in my head, I'm saying, well, are we signing him? Are we going to give Saquon Barkley a long term deal? Are we going to give him that mega bucks deal that? a number two pick generally gets after his first contract is over. Right now, my answer is no. You know, and, and if we're going to blow it up with the state of the, the 
a crappy offensive line that we have that's been not even remotely assembled to be competitive. <laughs> what, what are you going to do with Saquon Barkley? You're going to waste his talent. Now, if he's healthy, I can't think of many teams that wouldn't love to have a Saquon Barkley on the team, especially a team that's got all the pieces to win. You've got the offensive line. You've got the quarterback. You've got the uh, the wide receivers or the defense. I mean, Saquon, could you imagine Saquon Barkley on a really good, solid team that just needs a, a running back? Man, I, I think this kid would, would, would be putting up those yards that he did in his rookie year. I think he'd be putting up close to easily over 2,000 yards from the line of scrimmage, let alone almost, you know, a pencil him in for 1,500 yards rushing every year. So, do you trade Saquon Barkley? And my answer is this. I am planning on relieving the current GM, Dave Gettleman, of his duties after this season. You know, and I'm the GM now, so or the owner. So, yeah, trade trade him. Listen, shoot. <sighs> I mean, the Giants don't do this. The, the Giants don't like to fire people during the season that's just not the Giants way but I don't know where the Giants way is gone so I don't even know if I'm I'm, I'm letting Dave Gettleman make these decisions in the trading deadline you know maybe he shouldn't be making these decisions and I don't really have a ton of confidence in the Maras or the Tishes to make these decisions I mean it, it's 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 a rudderless ship so just saying you know, we're the GMs. We're making it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade Kenny Galladay if I can get back whatever I can. I'm gonna trade Evan Ingram and get back whatever I can. And I'm really, really gonna hope that Saquon Barkley is healthy. And I'm gonna trade him too. I'm gonna get back whatever I can get. That that I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. And we'll leave it like that on the off offensive side of the ball. And then if you go to the defensive side, I mean, I don't know what happened here. We were supposed to have. Um, a much, much, much improved defense, and we had a pretty good defense last year. And our secondary was supposed to be one of the best in the in the in the league, and it's turned out to be really one of the uh, the worst. So, same thing. Do you blow it up? Yeah, blow it up. Keep me the young players. I mean, I'll I'll keep Lorenzo Carter and Dexter Lawrence and Tay Crowder. You know, I'll keep Reggie Ragland. You know, and O'Shane. But that's secondary. That secondary, um, we can't stop anybody now. So unless James Bradbury or Jabril Peppers or Logan Ryan or Dory Jackson are all going to be here and are going to be in your plans, not just next year, but in the two, three, four years from now, I trade them because all these guys have underperformed. I love Jabril Peppers, but, I mean, these guys get tired of losing. You know, I, I mean, anybody's got to get tired of losing. You know, you, I mean, we've got, you know, Rodarius Williams and Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Darnay Holmes. You know, we've got some some other some other guys there. See what you can get. Same thing. Blow it up. See what you can get. And, you know, just let the young guys play. Bring guys up from the practice squad. Um, I mean, we're one in five. Based upon how we've been playing, how many wins do you see do you see that this 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 team has i mean to no fault of the guys that are working their tails off but you know let's just go real quick i mean we got the panthers this week we could lose that game chiefs we could lose that game raiders we could lose that game bucks we could lose that game philadelphia who knows maybe we get that one miami yeah maybe we get that one chargers probably a loss the Cowboys, ugh, pains me to say, but depending on how things are, probably not a win. Got the Eagles again, maybe we get one. You got the Bears, who knows? Washington, maybe. The Jets, Cleveland, probably not. Patriots, I don't know. So in the best case scenario, what? Four or five more wins? So that what does that put us at five and 12, six and 11? You know, and I think that's a best case scenario. I mean, 
we are probably going to be with a couple other teams vying for the worst record in the league right now. That's just how I feel right now. Who knows? In three weeks from now, we win three in a row, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh, man, they turned it around. I'm just talking about right now. And right now, I'm thinking about blowing it up and seeing what I can get before the trading deadline for, for Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, and Kenny Galladay. And then whatever you want to do with that secondary. So, uh, I'm not. It's not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be uh, the glass half empty, dude. Because I'm not with my teams. I'm super duper excited. Uh, and like I said, and I love the Giants. I desperately like you guys. Desperately want them to win. But those two last Super Bowls, they seem like an eternity ago. And it was. I mean, it's been just about. A, it's been a decade since the last one. And the losing is bad enough, but if we were losing because, you know, we just, you know, there are just other better teams that are playing there, but we we're doing our best and we've got competent people that are running the organization and, you know, just, you know, just, just haven't been able to put together a, uh, another Super Bowl team since then. That's one thing because there's a bunch of other teams that are like that too, but this team is so incredibly dysfunctional right now. And um, we are playing for next year. That's what sucks. I always say, I want to just get get me to December to be playing meaningful games. We haven't even gotten through October, and the season is, uh, is pretty much done. That's just unacceptable. I mean, as fans... I think we deserve better, you know, and uh, we're just not getting it. Something's got to change. And uh, I think that starts with uh, from from blowing this baby up. That's it. That's it from GM Rodriguez. It's up and it's good. Another episode of Sports in the Brain in the books. So book them, Dano. Great night at the Garden last night. If you're a Knicks fan, you've got to be happy and excited because I know I sure as heck am. And if you're a New York Giants fan, you've got to be ultra miserable about the state of affairs of this team. But I have faith. Something will happen. A miracle will happen. And it'll probably be a new general manager next year. But... Stay tuned. I'll be back next Thursday. I'm going to have some bonus episodes again because we've got New York Knicks basketball and we are talking basketball. We're going to talk a whole bunch of Knicks and what else is going on in that other team in Brooklyn. And we'll continue with the football. We will continue as painful as it may be. But anyway, have a great night, everybody. I'll see you next Thursday. Hit me up on Twitter. Check me out on IG. And uh, go New York. Go New York. Go. Go.